0: be here with you and your people. What a beautiful time of worship, wasn't it? Boy, that's something you don't take for granted anymore. When we didn't have it, boy, that's one thing I really miss, being with God's people and just worshiping and hearing the voices, and that's something that I I am so thankful for, and what a privilege it was tonight to worship. But tonight, Hebrews chapter 11, I'm gonna share with you a message entitled The Importance of Faith. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Father, we pray tonight that you would speak to us from your word. God, that you would, even as the disciples prayed, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, teach us what it is to trust in you. Lord, and there may be some here tonight that are in difficult circumstances where there is the need to trust in you. his readers to practically apply all that they had received. Although many of the believers were experiencing, if you have read through this particular epistle, you know that they were being persecuted. They were being tempted to go back to the old life, to the old rituals, to the old way of doing things. And some of them, because of this persecution, had gone back to legalism, had gone back to Judaism. It was impacting their faith. And so the writer of Hebrews just is exhorting them over and over again. And he's, he's really drawing a comparison as to what makes Jesus so much better than everything else. And if you go through the, the book of Hebrews, you'll find out that Jesus is better than everything. And that's really one of the emphasis and themes of this letter. But one of the things, a critical element of the survival of the believers in the midst of difficulty and persecution was this, their faith. The subject of faith mentioned throughout this epistle 31 times becomes clear. Listen, if the Bible repeats something over and over, the Holy Spirit's not being redundant. He's trying to get a message across. The importance of faith. And in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we have both a description of faith as well as demonstrations of faith. In fact, many people refer to Hebrews chapter 11 as the Hall of Faith. You might not ever make it into the Hall of Fame, but you definitely want to be in the Hall of Faith. There's some great names here. There's a historical retrospective of an Old Testament survey of Jewish history that highlights the lives of those people who trusted in God. And as you read through the Bible, you come to realize That faith is a critical part of the Christian life. For example, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The Bible also tells us in Romans 5, verse 1, that we are justified by faith. Have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Furthermore, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. And the Bible tells us in Galatians 2.20 that I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Folks, we live by faith. We walk by faith. We're saved by grace through faith. The Bible also says we receive the Holy Spirit through the work of faith, Galatians 3.14 says that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And we're also waiting for the return of Jesus Christ because of faith. In Galatians 5.5, 5, it says, through the Spirit, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And finally, we overcome the world by faith. The Bible says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is what the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. When you look at the ministry of Jesus, you'll find the emphasis of faith within his ministry. At one point, Jesus was asked by the crowds, what good work can we do that that we might inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, this is the work that I want you to do. Here's the work. Jesus said, believe in him whom he has sent. That's the work. Believing in him. The work that he has done. Faith is extremely important. But the question is, what is faith anyway? What is faith? And people exercise faith all the time without even knowing it. Even atheists exercise faith. They don't realize it. You're exercising faith tonight. You came in and sat down on a chair. And by faith, you're believing that it's going to hold you up, that it's not going to crumble underneath you. You're exercising faith. The dictionary defines faith as belief in or devotion to, or trust in, someone or something, especially without logical proof. That's how Webster defines it. It also says that faith is belief and devotion to God. Now, though the dictionary says we don't have evidence of faith, as Christians... This isn't blind faith. We have plenty of evidence available for us. We have the Bible, 66 books written by 40 authors in three different languages on three different continents spanning 1,500 years of time with fulfilled biblical prophecy and moral and spiritual truth. We have the Word of God for evidence. But we also have the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And therefore, you can have confidence tonight in his words and evidence of God's truth in your life. But the Greek word for faith is defined as assurance or conviction. Biblical faith isn't a vague hope grounded in imaginary wishful thinking. It's not blind trust in the face of contrary evidence. Instead, faith, folks, for us, faith is a settled confidence in something that is not yet seen but has been promised by God. And it will actually come to pass because God's the one that's gonna bring it about. Biblical faith is confident trust in the eternal God who is all powerful, infinitely wise, and eternally trustworthy. Suppose you tell your friend tonight you have faith in them. I've got, I've got faith in you. What does that mean? For one thing, it means the person you're talking to actually exists. But secondly, it means you're convinced that they're trustworthy. You can believe what they say because you trust in their character. And it's in this way that the writer of Hebrews is talking about faith in God. Faith is knowing that God is real and that you can trust Him. Oswald Chambers said this, quote, Faith is the deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways you may not understand at the time. Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Folks, I'm sure you already know this, but when it comes to the ministry, when it comes to serving the Lord in any capacity, faith is essential. Many of us this last year had our faith tested, tried, shaken, perhaps. Perhaps. Faith is essential. We trust God to do in and through us what we cannot do ourselves. We believe that God honors His word as we faithfully proclaim it. We believe that the Holy Spirit can convict people of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come. We we have to have faith to believe that the backslidden person, the wanderer, or the prodigal son or daughter is one day going to come back to the Lord. We have faith. We're trusting in God that He's going to do it. Faith is the anchor in the storms of life. But listen, a couple things to consider here tonight concerning faith. A few observations. First of all, Hebrews 11.1, the quality of our faith. Notice again, faith is the, and you might want to highlight or underline these words, substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Now this isn't a theological definition in verse 1. It's really more of a description of faith. And found within this description are the qualities, the characteristics of faith. Faith, again, it's not positive thinking. It's not cheerful optimism. It's not a feeling. It's not a hunch. There's substance to this. And the word substance comes from two words put together, meaning to stand under or in support, to support. In other words, the quality of our faith is foundational. The foundation has to be solid in our faith. Faith for the Christian is what the foundation is to a house. If you build on a structure that is not solid, that hasn't been tested, then you're going to find that that house will crumble. The central idea of faith is something that underlies visible conditions and guarantees a future possession. This word for faith is also used in a legal context. and the whole bo- It means the whole body of documents on the ownership of a person's property deposited in archives forming evidence of ownership. In other words, folks, faith is the title deed for the things that we've hoped for. We're holding on to it. We believe it. And hope in the Christian life isn't, oh, I hope so. Man, I'm really, man, I hope it happens. I'm not sure, but I'm, oh, I got my fingers crossed. And, oh, I have my lucky rabbit's foot. Do people still have those? You know, the, and I'm, I'm hoping, you know, that it's going to happen. No, 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 no. The hope that we have is absolute certainty. Therefore, it's my hope. It's not, I hope so. I know so. Therefore, it is my hope. That's what I'm building my life on. I'm building my life on the word of God. I'm building my life on Christ. And if you build on anything else, it's sand. It will crumble. It won't stand. You can build your house. You can build your life on on your career. It's going to fall. You can build your life on anything else. But it's not the solid foundation that is Christ. And I encourage you. I challenge you, church. Build your life on Jesus. It's the only thing that's going to last. It's the only thing that's going to stand, especially in this world. Faith is a firm persuasion and expectation that God will perform all that he has promised to us in Christ. You have that kind of faith? You know, you observe this kind of faith, this substance and this evidence of faith throughout the Gospels. Have you noticed that? This summer I've been reading through Psalms and Proverbs and also going through the Gospels again. It's been so wonderful just to read about the life of Jesus and get reacquainted and closer connected to my Savior But in reading through the Gospels, I've noted these areas of faith. For example, in Matthew chapter 8, you remember when Jesus was approached by the Roman centurion? And the Roman centurion, he was even outside the Jewish people. He had a servant who was sick, and he told Jesus, you don't even need to come to my house. You just say the word. and..." I'll believe it, and my servant will be healed. He knew that Jesus could heal at a close distance or from far away. You just say the word. There was some kind of substance, some kind of evidence. This man believed, so say the word. And Jesus marveled and said, I have not found so great a faith in all of Israel. And he went away, and his servant was healed that moment. Ah, another example, a woman in a crowd, 12 years, had, was hemorrhaging with a flow of blood, making her unclean, ceremonially, and every other way. And she, in her mind, thought, if I can just grab hold of the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed instantly. And the Bible says that she made her way through the crowd, grabbed hold of his garment, healed that quick. How? No one had ever been healed by grabbing anybody's garment. What was the significance? There was some kind of faith, some kind of evidence, some kind of substance. She grabbed onto it. She believed and she was healed. Think of the two blind men that came into the house and Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said, We believe. He touched their eyes and they were healed. There's a dynamic certainty found within the quality of faith that believes what God has promised and that he will bring it to pass. But not only is there an assurance found within the quality of our faith, but again, the other word used here is evidence. And and the word evidence is conviction. The word often implies a process whereby something is tested and when it's been tested, you have a conviction concerning it. You've tested it out. You know that it works. You believe it. There's evidence. And faith for us is the, it's interesting, the evidence of things not seen. It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? The evidence of thi- How do you have evidence of something not seen? You haven't seen it, but you have evidence of it. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith sees what we can 't normally see your eyesight, your physical eyesight produces a conviction about objects in the physical world. You see it, and maybe the older you get i 'm noticing this, my eyesight is beginning to go, and i 'm thinking i don 't think that, and I squint more when i when anyway, so i don 't want to talk about it but anyway uh, <laughs> but faith in a spiritual context, produces the same convictions for the invisible order it's an inner conviction of the heart where we know without a doubt that God that heaven that hell that sin that forgiveness that the cross that the resurrection are as real as rocks and trees and everything else that you could see and touch and handle because you see it with eyes of faith we can see by faith what we cannot see often with our eyes have you noticed that let me give you an example of this. Old Testament, Joshua. Joshua chapter 5. Joshua's standing there looking at Jericho thinking, those are really big walls. How are we going to get in there? And the Lord appears to me. Remember the story? It's a great story. The Lord shows up and he falls on his face and worships the angel of the Lord. And he gets, takes his shoes off. He's on holy ground. But in the midst of that, he gets the battle plan. And the Lord says, Joshua, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to see I have given Jericho into your hands. A sword hadn't been drawn. Nobody had engaged in any kind of warfare yet. And the Lord said to his servant, I want you to see it as if it's already done. I've already done it. You just need to walk around it and watch what I'm going to do. I mean, imagine Joshua going back and telling the troops how, to, how how'd the meeting go. went really good. What, what are we going to do? Are we going to scale the wall? No, we're not going to do that. Well, are we going to like uh, attack and then no, no, we're just going to walk around it and then after a few days it's, it's going to we're going to blow the trumpets and then it's just going to fall. Okay, I mean, imagine you. T- what kind of strategy is that? And sure enough, it happened by faith. The Lord had given it to him in advance. And there are times in your walk with the Lord or critical moments in the ministry, even within the church. That by faith, we have to see what we cannot actually see. I don't see it. I'm not sure how it's going to happen. Lord, I know you have promised it. I sense you're leading. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but I trust that it's going to, and and I'm just going to walk by faith. How many of you have ever wanted to walk by sight and call it walking by faith? I, I have, but that's not what the Bible says. We say, Lord, how can this be done? I can't see it. I don't see any tangible evidence. You walk by faith. You go from the quality of faith that's full of substance and evidence. It's our foundation. It's our conviction. But you move from the quality of faith to verse 2, the activity of faith. Faith is also active. There's a quality to it. There's evidence. There's substance. It's solid. But but there's also activity. In verse 2, for by it, that is the sphere and the exercise of our faith, by it, The elders obtained a good testimony. The elders are mentioned here, refer to the saints of the Old Testament, many of of whose names are recorded in this chapter. But what you find in this list of great cloud of witnesses in the hall of faith is that their faith was active. It was active. It wasn't idle. It's because of their trust in God that at times... They were willing to take risks and they were willing to step out. Their faith in God helped them overcome great obstacles that stood in front of them. Hey, are there any obstructions tonight standing in front of your faith? Anything? You sense any opposition as you're seeking to walk by faith? If you don't, Ask the, there should be. Because if you're, if you're living by faith and you're trusting in the Lord, there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be things trying to undermine your faith. It might be fear. It might be doubt. It might be a circumstance. What do you do with that? You go back to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How my faith is strengthened is when I take in God's word and I find my, my, my strength in the word of God allows me to fight the good fight of faith. The Old Testament saints plenty of obstacles. Just, just, Here's a few names. Noah. Any obstacles? Oh, I don't know. 120 years, build a boat. There's, some, there's some obstacles. Catching all those animals. I mean, come on. There's got to be something. What about Abraham? No babies? I mean, no babies until you're 100. Like, now we're going to have kids? It seems a little late. Like, why now? Why? Why? Obstacles? They were as good as dead, the Bible says. What about Moses? Any, ob- any obstacles? Oh, I don't know. Pharaoh and All that, Yeah, they all had obstacles and they all overcame by faith. And sometimes we like to read these people's testimony. We think, man, that is so cool. I love that. I've colored plenty of those pages, you know, as a child. Those are great stories. God doesn't want us to just admire them. Listen, friend, listen carefully. He wants us to emulate them. It's it's our race to run now. That was their race. It was a great race. I love it. I'm inspired by it. But I don't just read it as a historical narrative. I want it to apply in my life right now because here's the thing. that Sometimes I think we forget. It's the same God. It's the same God. He's not any less powerful than he was during the days of Noah or Moses or Abraham. Same God looking for people willing to partner with him in faith, to trust him. And these who were active in their faith, it says they have a good testimony. I love what one man said. Listen to this quote. Faith is is trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Have <laughs> you found that to be true? This makes no sense. And people don't mind telling you that makes no sense. I know. Well, why are you doing it? Because God told me to do it. That, that's crazy. Why would you do that? I don't know. But then once you go through with it, you get down the road a little bit and you kind of look back. You know what? It makes a lot of sense now. Nobody's questioning it now. But everybody was at the beginning. Everybody says you're crazy. Why are you gonna do that? I remember when we first moved out to Florida, from Southern California, people said, you're nuts. You, why would you move there? It's really hot. Why would you do that? Why would you, why would you leave? You're going to be inland. You're going to be landlocked. Why? I don't know. God said, go. What part of go do you not understand? I mean, that's the go part. You just go. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. Maybe God's calling you into some radical things. And everybody's saying, what are you doing? I'm doing what God told me to do. That's what I'm doing. And that's what really matters. And so their faith was active. You know, one uh, example of this in the Old Testament, one of my favorites, Jonathan. Remember Jonathan, the son of Saul? Great guy. Probably would, he would have been a much better king than his dad. But nonetheless, Jonathan, at one point, his dad was just sitting there under a tree doing nothing while the Philistines were wreaking havoc. Just sitting there, quarantined under a tree, you know, over there doing nothing in the shade. And Jonathan's like, I'm sick of this. I'm paraphrasing; he didn't really say that, but I'm sure he felt that way. And he tells his armor bearer, "You know what? I think we ought to go over and mess with the Philistines. I think we ought to go over there. We gotta stir some things up. What do you think? Should we do it? Maybe the Lord can save by many or by few. God doesn't need a lot of people. He just needs people who. Let's do it." The armor bearer's like, "I'm in. Uh, let's go." And so they go over and they spy out the Philistines. And what's crazy is Jonathan said, "You know what? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna call up to the Philistines, and here's what we're gonna say." Hey, guys, we're down here. If they tell us to come up, then we'll know the Lord's in it, and and let's go. If they say we're coming down to you, then the Lord's not in it. So Jonathan and his armor bearer go over to the Philistines there. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 14. And Jonathan calls up there. And he says, hey, listen, we're down here. They said, oh, the the Israelites are coming out of their holes in, in the ground. Let's get them. Let's Come on up here, and we'll teach you something. Jonathan's like, it's the Lord. Let's go. It's the Lord. We should go up there now. And so, it, and this is the hard part. They had to crawl up on their hands and knees, scale the side of this hill to get up to where the Philistines were in order to fight against them. This is the harder route, by the way. But they had to climb up to get there. And the Bible says that when they went up there, the Lord delivered them into their hands. Why? Because their faith was active. Because they were willing to step out. The quality to our faith has substance. It has evidence. It's solid, but it also is active. We live by faith, and we obtain a good testimony, like those who have already run their race and finished well, by being active in our faith. Are you active in your, are you willing to step out in faith? Oh, I don't know if I can do that. That's for other people. Why? If you're a Christian, we live by faith. But then, thirdly, there is a certainty to our faith. Notice verse 3 by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen here it is again the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible it's through faith that we understand creation was made by God we understand it how by faith to understand means to perceive, again, not with physical eyes, but instead it's a perception of the mind through faith. In the New Testament, the word is never used of just mere physical sight. We go to our Bibles in Genesis 1-1 and we read, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. I'm good with that. I believe it. If you can deal with Genesis 1-1, you'll have no problem with the rest of the Bible. It'll be, it'll make, it'll be fine. In the beginning, God created it all. Okay, I can believe everything else. By the way, it takes more faith to believe some of the crazy things that they're teaching in school and university today than it does to just, God created it. God spoke and light came into existence. You know, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter one, verse 20, the apostle Paul writes and he says, for since the creation of the world, listen to this, his invisible attributes, invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things which are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Paul says, you want want evidence? Just look at creation. Look around and see all that God's created. Be amazed. Be astounded at the invisible attributes clearly seen by what God has created. God framed it. He fit it. He equipped it. You, You can look around you and see the evidence of a designer behind the design a creator behind the creation you know david spent time in the field watching the sheep and staring up at the sky looking at the stars and he said in different places psalm 8 for example he said when i consider the heavens he said the heavens the stars are the work of your fingers the stars they're the work of god's fingers He just flung them out there? How big is God? That The work of his fingers. What can you do with your fingers? I mean, honestly, I mean, what kind? Can you build a star? God just said, there it is. Flung them out into existence. The Bible says he also knows every star by name. Well, that's amazing. He just flung them out there. That's the work of his fingers. The moon and the stars which you've ordained. David said, what is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you would consider him? Lord, I'm in awe of everything that you created. And I think, you're amazing, God. I think of Psalm 19, where again, the psalmist said, The heavens declare the glory of the Lord, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, night unto night reveals his knowledge. With every sunrise, with every sunset, it is a revelation of who God is. It's interesting being on this side of the country, and the sun rising from the water and on our side setting into the water but you know what i didn't go to bed when i when the sun was setting behind me thinking man i hope it comes up tomorrow i'm not really sure because sure enough it did it went all the way around then came back how did that happen god did that god made that it's evidence something that we take for granted Bible says in Psalm 90 verse 2, before the mountains were brought forth or ever you formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Guys, there, there is evidence, there is substance, there is quality, there is something real that God has created. There is certainty in our faith. You just look at God's creation and you realize that it is so. Have you ever just been astounded by that? Have you ever been just amazed? I think of our earth, the third planet from the sun. You know, it's the fifth largest planet in the solar system. The earth, it's huge and we live on it. And why don't we just spin off into the cosmos somewhere? Why don't we just like, why are we still seated here? Gravity, God made it. Well, why is the sun just at the right distance so that we don't burn up and just at the right distance so that we don't freeze? The sun is the closest star to the earth, 93 million miles away. And it's much larger than the earth. You can imagine the sun as the size of a basketball, all right? Just picture that in your mind. The earth would barely be the size of a pinhead in comparison. In fact, you could fit one million earths inside the sun. It's massive. It's huge. And God just said, yeah, I'm going to make that. The star Antares, 800 times larger than the sun. How about that? That means... That 512 million suns could fit inside of the star Antares. 663.8 trillion Earths could fit inside of it. The largest known star, Canis Majoris. Sounds big, doesn't it? A red hypergiant located about 5,000 light years from the earth. We know that the radius of Canis Majoris is 2100 times larger than our suns, which means, I'm just going to throw this out there. You could place 9.3 billion suns inside of Canis Majoris. It would take an airplane 1100 years to circle it. What I'm trying to say to you is this, God is huge. God, what, why, are we, why are we worried? Why are we, we, do we know who we serve? Do we realize how big our God is? Do we understand he spoke he, he, and he flung the stars into existence? He can handle the water bill. He can handle your difficulty. He can handle what I'm incapable of handling. What is beyond me and how? Lord, I trust you. Is he not trustworthy? Has he not been faithful to us? Why is it that we forget that? Where is our faith? I think of the disciples out in the middle of the storm. And Jesus had just multiplied loaves and fishes, fed over 5,000 people with nothing. And they're in a storm. And they're like, Jesus, we're going to die. Jesus said, hey, where's your faith? Where's your faith? What What are you trusting in? And sometimes I see myself. I'm just like that. Lord, it was so amazing how you did that amazing thing. You're so good. You're so awesome, God. And then comes Monday. Oh, God, where are you? Where are you, God? Did you vacate the throne? Is Canis Majoris still up there? Come on! <laughs> Talking to myself. God knows what he's doing. But friends, I also want to say this, that there is the necessity of faith. There is a quality of our faith. There's the activity of it. There's the certainty of it. But listen, there's the necessity of it. That's verse 6. Look it. But without faith, It's impossible. Not my, no, it's impossible to please him. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The writer of Hebrews, having written concerning the description of faith, declares without it, you can't please God. I have to believe that he is who he has revealed himself to be within the word. The one who comes to God, by the way, anyone can come to God, anyone, whoever you are, no matter what you've done, anyone can come to God. That person has to believe two things. God exists, and second, that he rewards those who diligently seek him. When it comes to the necessity of faith, it's a requirement that we diligently seek the Lord. What what does it mean to diligently seek the Lord? Do, Do we seek the Lord? The Bible tells us in Psalm 27, one thing I've desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. There is a, a desire to seek the Lord. And that desire is to be motivated by love. The Bible tells us in Proverbs eight seventeen, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. Do you seek the Lord? How, how do I seek the Lord? I seek the Lord through prayer. I seek the Lord through the study of God's word. I seek the Lord by gathering with God's people in fellowship and worship. Seeking the Lord. You know, the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The necessity of faith in seeking the Lord. There's a quality. There's an activity of it. There is the certainty. There's the necessity of it. And this is the last thing I want to mention. And that is this. There's the testing of faith. There's the testing of faith. Someone said that faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. Every single person, every single believer will have their faith tested. And it's different for all of us. What may be a test for you may not be a test for me and vice versa. And sometimes those tests are difficult. We don't always understand. While we've been here, my wife and I received word of a sweet, sweet couple in our fellowship, seven months pregnant, ready to give birth to a little boy named Isaac James. They just had the baby shower. They, they are the sweetest couple, but we receive word today that the baby died within the womb and she is giving uh, birth to that child who is not alive today. You talk about faith being tested. Lord, where are you? Why? Lord, what do you do? How do you respond? How do you pray? Man, faith is tested. And everybody has their test. Everybody has their day. Everybody goes through it. We all do. But the Bible tells us in James chapter one, when our faith is tested, James said it this way, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is producing patience. Is your faith being tested? Is your faith being tested at work, at school, in your marriage, with your kids, in the church, don't be surprised by it. It just comes with the territory. Even tonight, as Zach and I were on our way here. I had a call. I wasn't expecting. Testing my faith. I'm like, okay, Lord, I guess this is the appropriate night to talk about this. <laughs> it just happens, man. So don't be surprised when it does. The testing of our faith. And you know why it's tested? Friends, listen. The life of faith is not a walk in the park. It's It's a fight. It's a fight. It's a battle. The Bible tells us that very clearly. Paul, in exhorting Timothy, said, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It's a battle. It's a fight. Thankfully, we know how it ends. I mean, Jesus has the ultimate victory. But listen, you're going to have to fight the fight of faith. You have to fight on your knees. You're going to fight with your hands raised in worship. I mean, there's ways that we fight this spiritual battle. We fight differently than the world does. We overcome evil with good. But it's a battle. And I believe, as the Church of Jesus Christ, as the days continue to go forward, that the fight is intensifying. And we need to be prepared for that battle. I honestly do not believe that it's going to get easier. I don't think we're done with what, what we faced this last year. I know they're trying to ride this out as long as they possibly can in the state that I'm from. We're just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, we're. I mean, that's happening everywhere. It's a fight of faith. And how will we stand in that day? Peter said this, and I'll conclude. He talks about the end of our faith. The end of our faith. What's the end of our faith? 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Listen to this. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it's tested by fire. There it is. It's going to be found to the praise, to the honor, and the glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom not having not seen, you love. You haven't seen him. I haven't seen him face to face. One day I'm going to. One day faith is going to become sight. I haven't seen him yet. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, there it is, believing, you rejoice With joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Guys, think about that. Listen, we're living this life of faith, we're believing what we've never seen. I wasn't there when Jesus was resurrected, were you? I wasn't there. I didn't see his hands and his feet, I didn't see the apostles. I didn't see any of that. I wasn't there with Abraham and Moses and Noah and the rest of them. I didn't see it, but I believe it by faith. And one day, my faith and yours too will be exchanged with sight. We're going to see him. That's the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls. I am saved. I am being saved. I am going to be saved. Ultimately, in eternity, my faith is going to become sight. So what do you do? You just keep walking. You just keep running the race. One day you're going to get to the end of the finish line. You're going to get there. God's going to make sure that you get there. The Bible says he is the author and the finisher of our what? Faith. He started us in this faith. He's going to get us there. You're going to make it. You might not feel, man, I don't know if I'm going to. No, you're going to make it. Jesus said you're going to make it. He's going to get you there. And you're going to receive the end of your faith. And if you are struggling in your faith tonight, tonight, and you may be, we all do. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're in a good place. You're in a good church that emphasizes the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. Some churches aren't doing that. And because of that, people's faith has been shaken. Listen, I've seen it all over California. Shepherds that weren't willing to stand and preach the word and shut the doors for a year. We're not open until Disneyland opens. Well, great. What's going to happen to all those sheep? They're weary. They're scattered. They're wandering. Their faith was shaken. They were disillusioned. But you're in a good spot, folks. You're in a good spot where people believe what it says. They stand on it. Pastor Zach holds fast to the word of God. This, this, you're in the right place. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Finally, one last thing that is this. You remember in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, when Samuel took a stone and he set it up at this place called Mizpah and Shen, and he called it Ebenezer. And the word Ebenezer means thus far the Lord has helped us. The Israelites had been battling, they'd been fighting, and, e- and Samuel took a rock and he told all the children of Israel, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set this rock right here, and I'm going to call it Ebenezer. It's a stone of remembrance. And every time you come back to this moment, you're gonna look back and you're gonna remember, oh man, the Lord brought us this far. Which tells me what? It tells me if he brought me this far, he's he's gonna keep, he's gonna be faithful. If he has been faithful, he will remain faithful. God's past faithfulness demands, demands our present trust in him. Has God been faithful to you? Can you look back at your life and just go, oh man, there was that one time, There's that one time, my life is just like, there's rocks everywhere. Like there's a whole trail. From the time I got saved to standing here tonight, there was just these stones of remembrance of the faithfulness of God over and over and over again and I can just look back and, and I encourage you tonight. Look back and be reminded, if God brought you this far, he's gonna get you there. I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said, and I quote, little faith will take your soul to heaven, but great faith, will bring heaven to your soul. May God increase our faith. If you're struggling tonight, if your faith is being tested, I would love to pray for you. And you know you're in the situation. Maybe people around you don't know, but you do. And right now, you're in the midst of a test of your faith, and you want to be prayed for. You want to be encouraged. Would you just stand to your feet tonight? If that's you, you know what the test is, and, and the Spirit of God is making application, right on. Anybody else, go for it. We're gonna pray. Anybody else tonight, you're being, your faith is being tested. It's not uncommon. Those who need prayer tonight, they're gonna be there to pray for you tomorrow. I mean, it's gonna, it just happens that way. And God knows. Let's go ahead and stand. We're gonna pray for you tonight. It's awesome. Isn't it wonderful that God knows every single circumstance, He knows every, everything that's going on. Anybody else pray for you tonight? All right, listen, those of you who are seated, I want you to get up out of your seat and I want you to lay hands on these people and I want you to join me in prayer. Just get right, it's okay, and can get up, go right, lay hands on them. If you're next to them, just come alongside of them and we're gonna pray right now. And God knows the circumstances. He knows everything that's going on. He's so aware. He's so concerned because he loves you. And let's pray in agreement together tonight for those that stood and God knows the circumstance. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. And Lord, we thank you for our brothers and sisters who stood to their feet. Lord, you know exactly the circumstances. Lord, what they're facing, what they're encountering right now tonight. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that you would remind them of how faithful you've been and that you will remain faithful. Lord, that you started the work in them. You're gonna complete it. Lord, let them know that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Lord, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you raise up a standard against him. Lord, you be their defense. Lord, you be the one to, to fight the battle. Lord, the battle is the Lord's. I just sense, Lord, that you want to say that to some people tonight. The battle is the Lord's. Don't forget that. The battle is the Lord's. And Lord, I pray that you would you'd strengthen their faith. I pray that they would, above all, as your word says, above all, take up the shield of faith, that they might be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the adversary. The darts of fear, of doubt, of guilt or shame, whatever it might be. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, strengthen us tonight in this battle. And as a church, collectively and globally, God, we pray that you would strengthen the church of Jesus Christ in the days in which we're living and the days that are on the horizon. God, let us be a people of faith, trusting in our God, walking in victory that you've provided. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.
1: Hey, family. We'll close in worship. Uh, so as the worship team comes up, maybe you need some more prayer. Uh, maybe you want to be able to talk with one of the pastors and uh, just to encourage you, even just preparing for the young adult retreat, looking at some portions of Scripture, just where's your assurance? Where's your assurance? Where's your trust in? Is it in this world and its systems, in the stock market, in your health, in our government? Where's is, where is your assurance? Because again, if your assurance is in anything else but the Lord, it's going to fail you. It's going to fail you, it's going to crumble, you're going to get bitter and hard hearted. And you're just going to be broken and walking away with sorrow. Uh, So even tonight, as we'll close in worship, we could all stand. The pastors, they'll come up front. And we'll close in this last song. If you need prayer, maybe your assurance has been broken. you put your trust in something that's not God and it's been broken and busted. Man, come up front. Pray with one of the pastors. And, uh, man, just allow the Lord to do what he wants to do in your life tonight. Don't walk away from here saying, man, I should have gone up to pray with one of the pastors. So, Lord, again, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for the reminder, Lord, uh, that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you, God. And, Lord, I pray that you'd forgive us, Lord, how often we diligently seek so many vain and wasteful things, Lord. And we leave you as the last thing on our to-do list, God. Uh, We just pray tonight, Lord, that you would stir within us, Lord, just that hunger for you, that hunger for your word, Lord, that we would, uh, Lord, not just leave you hanging, God, but that we'd be spending more and more time with you, Lord. And again, God, our faith, our assurance, Lord, we know that it'll be tested, God, but I pray that the foundations of our lives, Lord, uh, would be built on that rock that can withstand every storm, Lord. I pray that for each and every one of us, Lord, and God, whoever you're speaking to tonight, Lord. Uh, Whoever right now, maybe uh, their heart's beating a little bit faster, the enemy and their fear is kicking in their mind, Lord, I pray that they'd come up front to pray